Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, the founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We are emotioneering human performance, not engineering it. In season one, we talked about emotioneering the modern mindset and really about those people skills and the expression and the communication. In season two that we're in now, we're going to have topics center around everything to do with emotioneering business results. And that's going to cover creating great places to work, increasing profits, human capital, the people, getting record-breaking results, and world-class employee engagement. I'm going to be interviewing guests that I know are absolute experts in this area, and will be able to share their knowledge, share their learnings on the journey with you and myself. And I'm really looking forward to getting in to all things emotioneering with them. Remember to subscribe to YouTube, to the Facebook page, to Instagram, LinkedIn. And of course, you can go to the website, modernmindgroup.co.uk, and you'll get our monthly newsletter there. Enjoy the show. Today, my guest is Ben Eddy. Ben Eddy is the CEO of mobile practice that we're going to find out more about today is a skills practice and coaching platform in the ed tech space so ben welcome to the show thank you very much melissa for inviting me you're very welcome um and you're exactly who we want to talk to very passionate about performance helping people grow helping people learn um and we connected a little while back and i thought who would the audience really love to hear from um, and for us to have a conversation with? So thank you so much for coming along. So, I mean, first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, mobile practice and uh, expand on that and how it helps people. So um, as you rightly said, mobile practice is a a mobile first, asynchronous skills uh, communication practice. What it enables um, managers, coaches, teams to do is to create specific coaching moments where participants can practice their um, specific points of engagements with customers, colleagues, stakeholders, uh, managers uh, um, about those moments of the conversation that really count. So so it enables you to coach at scale um, uh, and for the learner or the participant to be able to practice their communication skills offline at a moment that suits them by recording a 30 second to one minute video of their response to a question, a positioning statement, an elevator pitch, an objection, and then reviewing that performance uh, before presenting it to their manager coach for them to review, observe and provide specific incremental performance uh, feedback And in the event that someone does a really great performance, they can say, Melissa, I really loved your storytelling around how you managed that question with the customer. Hey, would you mind if I share that with the group? There's a really great opportunity to share not just the what, but, you know, how people do things uh, and share the the good practice that, that people do in groups. Amazing. And I totally agree. So uh, for those that have read my book or read the beginning of it, uh, one of the key things that I think was really um, sort of uh, sort of passed on to me by my mum, because my mum was a singer, was that we well, just keep practicing. You keep going over this until you nail it, until you get the song right, until you get the script right. And, you know, having that ability to 
get into that practice mode to know that how it's going to help you and sort of take you forward is, is definitely something I I totally agree with and I'm aligned with and I absolutely love your passion for it and um, but t- tell us a little bit about sort of where that comes from so like you know what has sort of brought you what's your background how, how has that brought you to where you are today um, in the ed tech space? Thanks for the question so you know I come from a, a background of working in large sort of corporate IT American organizations where sales consultancy marketing and I was in charge of sales enablement from Mia um, and we would bring new starters in into our European office in Geneva where I'm um, based and we would train them um, uh, check the, their knowledge and then we'd send them back out into the field with no knowledge or visibility but that they were actually applying those skills out in the field so when I met my co-founder Arthur um, we both asked the question, what happened next after training? So, you know, so, and we were really wanted to, to answer that question. And we noticed that you know, 99% of, of learning solutions, EdTech learning solutions out there, really focus on knowledge retention. So what did you remember? You know, the multiple quiz, um, you know, the gamification, they're all around, you know, remembering the, the details. And it's short term, you know, we all know that, We've heard the statistic 90% is, is forgotten if we don't apply. So the question was, is how do you apply it? You know, we'd read about neuroscience and experiential learning. You know, they tell you in order for you to, you know, to take that knowledge retention and actually turn it into new behaviours and performance, you need to practice in a meaningful context to you. So it becomes Ben's message, Melissa's message, not company X message. You know, it needs to be, we need to try it on, you know, like a coat. Does it fit me? You need to try, try it on different ways. And, and you need to ask your friends, does, it, does this suit me? Does, you know, so it's all about enabling those teams to be able to practice those new knowledge and skills in a meaningful context that you're going to see, out in the, not in an abstract context, but something that you're going to see right out in the field the next week. And to be able to get feedback on your performance so that you can identify those incremental moments of of improvement you know we talked about this books around talk about the micro habits we've seen you know the the sky team that you know with uh, dave brailsford about you know there's one percent it's really true you know focus on the things that you can improve and mobile practice enables you to do that it's both sides to be able to see that performance from both sides and actually improve and provide that feedback so that's why we're really passionate is is to to enable those people to move from just the, the knowledge retention and then forgetting about it 30 days later to en- enabling them to practice in a meaningful context, get feedback and share great performance um, with team members. Love that. I'm going to just rewind a little bit just for the audience, just pull out a couple of really key gems. We need to try it on like a coat. I love that um, and that analogy because it's like, oh yeah, how does this how does this feel? Oh yeah, it, especially if it's new, it's kind of like oh, I'm not sure if it fits me. How do you know? Check it in the mirror. After a while, it just becomes part of who you are. And you also said it needs to be owned by you. It needs to be Melissa's message, Ben's message, and. I totally agree with that. Um, I often refer to people in, in training like Johnny Depp doesn't become Jack Sparrow <laughs> in a moment. He does now because he spent so long perfecting that style and that script and making it um, part of, of, of who he is so that there's no 
uh, there's no real doubt when he becomes, you know, you don't but not believe him, right? And it's that it's that trust in that kind of sales enablement environment. Can you talk to that a little bit and maybe some of the um maybe some of the learnings or, or some type of um you know scenario where you've seen somebody change? Is there a, a kind of story you can yeah. tell us there? Yeah. So um so so one of my one of my um uh, partners he was uh, selling into a, a healthcare food um, um, company and he was providing uh, virtual led um, classroom training uh, to these teams every two to three weeks. And in between each one of those sessions, he was creating a, a specific practice coaching scenario for them to practice out in the field. Um, and they would then go and practice that, record it, and send it back to him and he did five different interventions and at the end of the fifth one not only were we able to measure the metrics which is great measuring the metrics but this, he sat down and showed the sales director look let's look at this participant look at the first video that they did in after the first training session and now look at the one after the fifth one look at their posture their level of confidence and their execution are, are, you know, on delivering the message. And the sales director is like, wow, how much difference they've made. So, you know, whilst, whilst we can provide metrics, you know, and metrics and reporting, everyone's obsessed around that. What really is the great is to be able to dive into those performances and review them, those 30 second, one minute actual video performances, and just see the difference of that person gaining in confidence through that process. So that is really powerful for, for I think for customers and it, and one for the from our partner it was he was really able to demonstrate the real return on investment of their training that they put in is that there's a is, it's not just they were they liked the coffee it's not that they remembered you know they got sixty seven percent score on their their knowledge training actually he was seeing behaviour change real behaviour change through that process because they practiced those techniques afterwards and they'd got feedback and they practiced again and again just like you said your mum does you know it's about the incremental improvement oh I love that thank you for sharing that with us it's such a you know yes we can say the facts yes we can say it, it happens but to share that story as well alongside it um just really supports the the change that can really take place and I could just feel the passion from you there as well so Tell us a bit more about Ben. Like, what about you? So when you were sort of, um, you know, I don't know, in your teenage years or how you learn or how you grow, like what was the kind of maybe some of the skills or habits that you picked up um, when you were younger and, and what were you like back then? <laughs> well, well, as it happens, uh, I, was a, I, was a, I was a singer as well, a, a chorister, so a professional chorister. So very much like your mum, it was, it was rinse and repeat you know, go through practice, you know, again, I did theatrical, theatrical uh, work. It's, you know, it's all about the practice and performance, you know, practice hard, the performance will come. And this is, this to me is, is all about, you can practice and the, the, you know, that contact with a customer or a colleague, is going to be different. We know that, but it's about building that confidence and about building those automatic behavior patterns that gives you the confidence to, to perform you know, and and I seen in my professional career, I've made all the mistakes like everybody else has done, you know, of, of practicing on customers, you know, and, 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 you know, and I know those marketing leads are so precious. 
when you get someone says, I'll have a conversation with you, you know, let's not practice on the customer. Let's practice beforehand, really hone our message so that we can be natural on and instinctive on the call, knowing that we've, we've honed that message and we've practiced it on other people. So, you know, as I said, coming back to my, me, that was, to me, it was just that sort of music and theatre helped me practice, 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 and constantly. Um, and that's, you know, I have a, a son who's a, who's a musician and he's around practice, practice, practice. And you can see it's, it's all about, there's, there is no shortcut. That's the end, that's the story at the end of the day. Yeah, there are no shortcuts. Absolutely. I think it's Angela Duckworth that says, um, hard work outbeats talent when talent refuses to work. Um, so it's, it's such a good, and if anybody's listening, uh, if anybody, you are listening, listeners, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, if you haven't read Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance, yet, yeah, I highly suggest checking it out. It's, it's incredible. Um, and there's also another one uh, called Peak, I don't know if you've read. Have you read Peak yet, Ben? No, I'm not familiar with that. I'm, I'll, I'll send, you a, send you a little screenshot. But the reason I'm talking about that and I'm bringing in, into that a little bit, that, that that you're talking about practicing on prospects and that kind of 90% um, retention. So Taxi dr Drivers in London comes up in that book because the knowledge, and I know how much you know about this, the knowledge yeah, yeah of, of um, the test that the taxi drivers have to do is that they have to know everywhere in London and they have to be able to remember how to get there, what route to take and all of those individual points. But in this book, it talks about how they grow and how their hippocampus grows inside their brain because they're continually practicing it. Um, and what they found is because the um, the taxi drivers are then living that day in, day out, the, the hippocampus stays the same size. But they tested taxi drivers that got to the point and then retired or left. And they noticed the shrinking in the brain because obviously that that remembrance that you're talking about, it still goes all the time. Just because we've done it so many times doesn't mean that we don't need that sort of sort of practice. So I just wanted to add that in because I, mm. I think it's um, it, it very interesting between what you were talking about with the performance, what we're doing, how we learn, how we retain the knowledge, how we practice, which in you know our art, I suppose, what we're talking about is the art of of doing what we do within the workplace. Very much so. And you know, to build on that point about the hippocampus, you know, we, we talk about knowledge, skills and attitude. And, you know, so when you go into you go into learning and you check someone's learning through a through a, a traditional um, knowledge, online knowledge, you're checking their knowledge. You know, and so do I know? Do I know it? Then you need to demonstrate. Do I have the skills to communicate effectively? So that's the the skills. That's not even the most important part. You know, so when we are uh, neurosensors, you know, that, you know, first of all, we need to understand, then we need to try it on. And then we then our attitude changes. So it's not because I could, you know, understand what you've just trained me on and I'm able to do it, that I'm going to change the way that I do things because I've got my, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stuck in my ways. So it's only through practice and then changing it and adding my own language and making it appropriating it with, for myself and making it my story that I will actually change my attitude and that's obviously you know especially when you're working with with seasoned professionals it's really the it's really that it's getting them involved getting them to to create the message um, for themselves and hearing it for themselves 
which is where you get them to to change that attitude. So it's vitally important. And that's back to the hippocampus again. Um, I remembered you telling me, actually, in one of our conversations before, that also one of the functionalities that mobile practice has is that it's able to, you're able to, from those recordings or from, from that you seeing the sort of um, the work that the team are going through, that you are actually able to then kind of share that best practice. Could you talk us through a little bit more about the importance of that and how that sort of works in, in within the workplace? Yeah, well, so, so, so what happens typically is, is that you go into a, a training environment and if you're talking about um, in sort of, a larger corporate structure that's that will be a learning and development team that will be in charge of that and they'll train you and then they send you off and they'll measure your engagement and your knowledge but responsibility for actually applying that at the field comes to managers and so often managers either they're not trained they don't have the experience or they just don't have the opportunity to observe and provide that skills communication coaching um, to people so mobile practice enables people to to create those, those video conversations that they might have with a customer, share with their coach. The coach can then review that as many times as they like. And then, as I said, in the event of, you know, you, you doing a really nice, imagine it's an objection handling. So uh, one of my customers is in, in FMCG, uh, in the fruit juice um, markets of a well-known brand. And they launched into the cold supermarket. And now they were having challenges getting placements of product in the in the stores of this now the thinking behind it was brilliant is instead of cannibalizing their shelf space with new flavors cold soup belongs in a completely different aisle space down a different aisle so great idea but the challenge is that they weren't they didn't have the credibility in that space so they'd be going look melissa i love your fruit juice but why would i stop 200,000 units of this product that hasn't proved itself so and they were struggling. So they developed a number of different practice scenarios with mobile practice, one of them being, right, Melissa, I want you to receive that um, objection, reformulate with active listening and present relevant arguments and then pass it back to the, the, the local purchaser. Now, what they found was, which was brilliant is, is the manager doesn't have all of the answers. But the fact is, is they had a, each of them had a, like a team of 10 and everyone was doing their version. So maybe one person was doing a really good financial figures argument. The other one, excellent storytelling. Another one on, on the product and, and the market value. And so what it enabled them to do is, is to, when someone did a really nice version of it, they said, look, Melissa, would you mind if I share that with the group? Because I think they could really learn from that. Uh, and so once they got permission, you can just very simply click on the video and say, save as best practice. And then suddenly you move it from a, a one-to-one private exchange with your coach to suddenly bang melissa's video has been chosen as best practice why don't you go and have a look uh, for this reason so everyone was able to see those little those little things that, that make the difference inside the conversation and the managers didn't have to be the you know the the sage on the stage they're like the guide on the side here at this moment in time connecting everybody uh, who don't get the opportunity to share very often because they're based all around the country so that's what, you know, that's what the learners, the, the participants really love that is, is now it might not suit me how you say it, but there's something interesting. You know, you've got your style, I've got my style, but there's always something that you can borrow and, and learn from other people. And that's what that sharing of best practice and, and increasing that collective intelligence that I think is, 
you know, and that's real peer-to-peer learning, group learning, that you know, in in action. Love that increasing collective intelligence, and and creating something like you said when they're based all across the country. And I mean, I've worked, we've worked as consultants, we've worked across many different retail outlets, all sorts of um, of different sort of um, you know workplace models. But when you do feel like an island, that is definitely something that happens when you're out there in the fields and uh, you do and you do and you only know what you know. And you learn those patterns, you know, for yourself and then you start and you use them. But if you don't understand what's out there, your percep- the perception of what you do or that that um, understanding of what you do, is there a better way? And, you know, you've got you've got the per- perception gaps, all four of them. And, and it also helps to to kind of bring that into alignment of, oh, maybe I wasn't, maybe my answer wasn't as hot as I thought it was. <laughs> I'll try on what Ben's version will be instead. And and that's that's so important, especially now that a lot of people are remote and in a hybrid world. So what what are you, what are currently businesses, what are they saying that they're having these sort of challenges with at the moment, um, you know, that, that sort of talk into that a bit? I think one of the biggest challenges is 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 the enablement of the first line managers right now. Um, you know, they they're the biggest lever of performance in any organization that you have. And if you can get them revved up, and the second really important point that we're all seeing is this this great resignation. You know, people people don't leave companies, they leave bad, you know, they leave managers. And so, you know, and there are so many options for people now. And they're not staying in jobs. And it's a, it's it's talent retention. It's a really big issue. So enabling managers to truly engage and help their teams improve incrementally on a constant basis. Now, I'm not saying that micro practice covers all of these issues. We call it blended coaching. But what it does enable you to do is it enables you to say, look, you know, I might go be out, I might be out with a team member once every five, six weeks uh, out in the field observing their, 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 their skills. But in between hand, it's like, well, I might have noticed something. I said, okay, I think we should be maybe working on that. Um, so we can do some practice scenarios. And then, and then when, we, when we hook up on a one-to-one, either face-to-face or via Zoom or, or Teams meeting, we can, we can use part of that performance as part of our, our coaching routine. So that we're not just talking about, you know, the funnel. We're not talking about the deals. We're talking about, you know, the skills and the behaviors. You know, what did you think? How did you feel that when I, you know, as a customer, this is how I, I reacted to what you said. So it just brings another angle in. But I really think that's the, the key. The key issue is, is to me is, is for, for organizations out there is, is how do we enable those sales managers and coaches to get that scale and really develop the talent and retain talent at the same time. Ben, I'm super loving our conversation. I'm like getting proper passionate and excited about it because I went to an event a couple of weeks ago and whilst it was an amazing employee engagement event, a lot of the tech companies that were there were very much talking about you know the feedback or we just want to get the feedback on them and I mean a lot of people just see engagement as that I see it as what you're talking about in in our world engagement comes from absolutely caring about what they're doing and supporting them to improve on their skills so absolutely I totally agree more people need to know about mobile practice 
guys listening to this and ladies share share the message it is about that practice that is really going to to help your people be engaged because they're going to be able what I love as well from from the whole coaching piece and and being able to see their journey they can also see their journey from the first that they do some the first time they do something to when they're much more polished and how they feel about that will connect them much more to their work so yeah I'm, I'm absolutely loving this um, tell me, like we we touched on the leaders, right? What do you think? You know, there's there's ways that you you make it much more convenient with mobile practice. Of course, it's a, a brilliant platform. It's able to it, it enables it a lot more. Why do you think people aren't finding their own ways to do it now? Very good question. Um, I, I think there's a I think there's a cultural issue um, um, uh, from the leadership. And not prioritizing it, and just not prioritize coaching, skills coaching specifically. Um, you know, the statistics are, I think it's Gartner or, um, that said 67% of managers today think that they're coaching their, their teams and only 17% of, uh, of team members believe that they're being coached. Because, you know, talking about deals, talking about funnel, talking about opportunities, talking about, yes, it's really important. Um, Absolutely. But that's the that's the lag. You know, a lot of that's lag about revenue. It's if you don't improve on behaviors and observable behaviors, those are the lead elements. It's like I could weigh myself every day and say my goal was to lose 10, 10 kilos. You know, that's the end goal. I could weigh myself every day. Maybe I lose a bit. Maybe I don't. But if I was to measure how, man, how much am I running and how many calories then I can adjust that on a day-to-day basis. And, 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 you know, and that's the same thing with behaviors. It's, it's coaching those behaviors. You know, what's, what's creating friction in your sales cycle? Now, so where do I need to practice? I don't need to practice a full 10-minute presentation. It's that specific moment that makes the difference, where you make the difference, where you create a connection between uh, you and, and your your customer or the other human being, uh, uh, you know, you want the customer to go away and think, right, I'm not sure exactly what they what they can do, but I really have confidence that they can help me achieve what I want to, and that you know that's back that's back to that hippocampus element is creating that emotional connection. The challenge is, is I think a lot of customers are, are measuring a lot of things, uh, but they're not necessarily measuring skills and behaviors around that and that's where I, I really want people to to focus in on um, um not just lnd it's lnd as well but because they don't own they don't own responsibility operationally for those people in the field after the training they're focused on the knowledge retention and engagement figures and the sales organization uh, it's back to am i am i trained do I have the skills? Do I know what providing observational based performance, specific performance feedback looks like? Do I have the time? Am I encouraged? Is it part of the culture? So where it works for us is where there's a there's an absolute desire, you know, to create that and that there's a safe environment. There's a trust. So you need to have trust in, in your your teams as well. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Oh, you've just dropped the mic there, haven't you? You need to have trust, otherwise it doesn't work. <laughs> Absolutely. If you, you know, if you think, oh, what are they going to do with this video? Where's it going? What's going to happen next? Yeah, there's, there's some really, really good points there. And about 
you know the the leaders having that do they have do they also have that desire isn't it to to do it and to want to help and to to want to engage with their teams in that way Mm. and and I see a lot as well like when I listen I mean you listen right when you spend time with business networking or in different groups different workshops and you'll hear people say things like especially when it comes to sales don't tell me about the conversations you're having tell me about the results (laughs) whoa 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 whoa. let's rewind (laughs) it's all about the conversations that you're having and what kind of you know what what quality are those conversations because I'd rather you have five and actually convert one than have 20 and convert none (laughs) so you know let's let's be very clear about that so we we are very aligned on these things why do you do what you do Ben why because I just I just think there's everyone deserves the opportunity to be able to improve their performance you know, um, everybody, uh, you know, whether that's in business or, you know, in your own personal life is that, you know, communication is uh, how we communicate words matter, you know, and we need to be we need to be quite deliberate how, how we, we communicate. We have got some great use cases in DE&I space where, you know, we need to learn to reframe our conversations. We're dealing with a different generation of, of, of people. Who, who, you know, who have different expectations. The world has moved on. And so we need to be able to reframe our language. And so I'm just passionate about helping people to, to create that awareness and provide them the opportunity to incrementally improve. And do you think that, where do you think that comes from in you? Do you think there was a turning point for you in your life and your career to this point that you thought, actually, that, that is what I really want to do now? Do you think there was a pivotal moment? <laughs> I, I think I've just made a lot of gaffes in my life and wanted to wanted to learn from them. <laughs> yes. Mm, that kind of, uh, uh, yeah. And, and it's the critical mindset, isn't it? Of kind of like unpicking things, looking at performance, what is working, what is not working. Like you said, get under the hood mm-hmm. um, or under the coat, as you called it, mm-hmm. and, and see what's going on. No. But 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 more concretely is 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 having worked in sales enablement for me it's like it's if you don't practice it doesn't get embedded and there's so much investment goes into training and I just you know it's and it's the elephant in the room it literally is the elephant in the room you know and I and, you know and it's for me it's what if we were to look at the problem from the other way around it's kind of you know what if we were to actually spend more time coaching in the field, in the skills, uh, um, we would see much bigger returns on the training that we that we that we put in, and uh, you know, and and I'm very passionate about that. You've talked about results. One of them is the return, of course. And are you seeing that people that you know is there is there some type of benchmark, or is there there some sort of tangible results that you're really seeing in the industry from people using mobile practice? Yeah. So, for example, you know, our, our customer. They 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 dramatically improved their product launch of that new soup product. Um, you know, uh, uh, my, my partners they saw a, a significant increase in in their performance, their sales performance around um, um, uh, around placements in the health food stores. I went with a, a, a large cheese FMCG. You know, they another thing that they've seen is they've seen an uptake in their um, talent retention and their their, their manager coaches. 
of just their skills of improvement and just satisfaction in the job. So it, it depends. Different customers are looking for different things, but those are the, really the things that I think that you know our customers are telling us okay. that they enjoy from mobile practice. Okay, thank you for sharing that with us. So not just and we know this not it's not just about the app it's not just about yes you've got this like you said you've got to have that will from in, inside but what does it take what if you know if you were if ben was going to say here's what makes a great coach to be able to support uh, what the the tech does and the, the the right type of leader what what does it take so 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 i've been recruiting partners uh, who are really interested in the philosophy of embedding behaviors post-learning. So those people that are that really believe in the things that we've already spoken about, um, that it's about getting the investment, you know, the what happens next after training, you know, I've trained you, so what? You know, hey, do you know what we can do is, is we can help you practice and embed that and enable your managers inside your organizations to improve and be better coaches. And for them, that's, you know, and they see that as a point of differentiation is that not only can we we train you, it's not a train and forget, it's a train, accompany them and embed. Love that. So if you had a magic wand and you would change anything in the the business world right now, what would you change? I would change this this um, this obsession around the 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 data you know the 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 quantitative data to really start looking at the quality you know the quality of the conversations we said the effectiveness of those moments of exchange and prioritizing so that the managers spend more time coaching their teams not just measuring their teams you know so more time observing and more time sharing connecting connecting their, their teams because again that's, you know, Gartner says is, you know, an effective manager coach improves performance by over 26% and, and, and improves talent retention by 20%. Now, those are two metrics that any organization is, is, uh, is you know, and organizations talk a good game, but they're not necessarily walking the walk. And that is, comes down to prioritization, prioritize real skills coaching. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to really believe it. I feel that. I feel the weight of what you were saying there. In in your experience and, you know, to, to give somebody something practical and tactical that they can do to go away today, what is what are maybe three things that you could tell a leader out there that wants to improve um, this sort of uh, practice sharing, that wants to do more coaching? What would you say to them to do straight away? I think it's important to be specific. I think people always relate to things that are specific. So I would say to them, what are the moments of conversation that are causing friction? What are those very specific moments in those conversations that you're going, ah, that are sticking? And let's just practice on those. And everybody knows them. If you dig in, you ask enough people, it's not that difficult to find. And then understand, what if you could improve that? What difference would it make? Practice that moment, measure, are you moving past that moment in your, uh, and are you, are you making improvement there? And then go to the next one. So that's what I would say. Get specific, start small uh, and specific, 
and practice that that specific moment and then build from there. Okay. Oh, and tell us tell us a little bit more about you as well, Ben. I mean, you know, what do what do you do um, outside of what you're doing? I mean, obviously, being an entrepreneur takes a lot of our time. I'm aware of that. But what kind of things do you do? You know, what hobbies, activities, what things are you into? Well, I'm very lucky to live in a beautiful part of uh, part of the world. I live up in in the in the French Alps, so I have I'm half an hour from a ski resort. And I'm 10 minutes from one the cleanest lake in Europe. So right now it's nearly 30 degrees outside and uh, the water in the lake is nearly 20 degrees. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, I love to go hiking with my wife. We can walk straight out the, out the back door and hike up into 1800 meters. We half an hour from the ski resort so we can ski on Saturdays and Sundays. We have the lake to go and swim and, and sail in. And just being a father of, of, of three children, although they're bigger now, um, they, they keep you busy still. So, um, you know, so that's and I we have a I live in a place where there's lots of uh, lots of fun people to go and uh, to, to share, to share a good beer with as well. <laughs> being from the from the Welsh uh, <laughs> the lands of Wales I would agree that is very important um interestingly of uh, a, a local pub um they're just revamping and opening up and they've just in, invited some local business owners um to just come and have like a pre-warm-up party and I thought oh what a great thing to do do other pubs do this um you know this is this is brilliant which will be next week and I'm quite excited about that um well thank you for sharing uh, your hobbies your activities the things that you get into for sharing all the things that are sort of you know you're passionate about today and you talked about a little bit about you know the new generation and what they're into we know that the new generation are very activists they're very um you know passionate about changing the world and 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 bringing their views to the surface so I asked you the magic wand question now I'm going to give you a superpower <laughs> if you had the superpower to change anything in the world not just in business now what would it be goodness me that's such a big question Melissa um well i'm afraid i'm gonna have to go be done i'm gonna go direct here is uh, i uh, i would like to stop the war in ukraine oh my gosh yes absolutely and i think we all applaud and agree with that yeah that would let's my, uh let's, my, my my developers are based in ukraine so i have a i have a an added incentive to that but um but yeah that would definitely be my my number one thing it's front and center in my mind yeah, absolutely agree. Very strong values against uh, humans, as we do, Ben. Well, look, Ben, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the podcast today and to talk all things practice, deliberate practice, practice that we don't know we're doing sometimes. <laughs> um, thank you ever so much. Um, how can people, if they want to reach out, learn more about mobile practice, how can they, they get involved? Um, thank you very much for that, Melissa. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, ben Eddy. Um, you can find our mobilepractice.io on the, the web, um, or you can email me at ben at mobilepractice.io. So, and uh, Melissa, can I say, it's always so lovely to hear your your lilting Welsh accent. Oh, you know, flattery's everything when you're communicating with people, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Ben, and cheers for coming on the show. Pleasure. It was a really nice. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. 
remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact, and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, Has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know, because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. (laughs) Have a great day and ciao for now.